I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment, the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like I could feel his head. I could do my own internal, like, yeah, his head, I could feel it. I was in tears. I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna, also known as the Spiritual Midwife, and I am the Natural Birth Podcast host. I'm a midwife and a childbirth educator, and I assist women in optimizing their chances of having an empowering and natural birth experience and a nourishing and healing postpartum. I offer holistic birth preparation and postpartum online courses worldwide for the conscious mama wanting to prepare emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually for her birth and for her postpartum. And if you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then visit me at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. If you had a natural and empowering birth experience that you would like to share with the world, then you can email me at anna_the_spiritual_midwife at gmail.com and maybe your story will be featured on the Natural Birth Podcast. Now let's dive into today's episode. Today on the Natural Birth Podcast, we have Sarah. Sarah is a mama of one from New Jersey, USA. And before falling pregnant, Sarah was terrified of labor and thought that the only way to birth was to give her power away to a doctor, take all the drugs and wake up with a baby. However, when she fell pregnant, she educated herself. She listened to natural birth stories and used the power of a positive mindset to go from fearing labor to visualizing and living out her own dream birth in a birth center. There are as many ways to birth a baby as there are women on this planet. And the most important thing is that the woman birthing feels empowered throughout her experience. And Sarah, she felt just that. Hi, Sarah, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing very well, Anna. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. I'm thrilled. Beautiful. Well, I'm very glad that we finally got to do this interview. We've been trying for a few times and rescheduling and missing yes. this and that. Uh, but finally, we're here. You're from uh, the New York area, New Jersey area. Um, um, <laughs> and it's beautiful. I really look forward to hearing your story. Thank you very much. 
Um, yeah. So with no further ado, let's dive on into your birth story, hey? Uh, do you want to share a little bit about your story? Because I know you kind of briefly mentioned that, you know, you got married during COVID and you mm-hmm. got pregnant during COVID. And I mean, I think all listeners are a little bit curious about that. We're still in the COVID, you know, pandemic. Um, Absolutely. So it's interesting to, to see how people are living their lives and navigating this crazy <laughs> world, hey? So tell us. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So, um, so we, we got married, uh, a couple of months sooner than we were anticipating. And, um, subsequently I became pregnant very quickly right after that had happened. So we were, um, we were hoping like, Hey, in the next six months, let's see what happens. And then, uh, several weeks later we said, Oh, Oh my goodness, I'm pregnant. So, um, we wanted to have, we want to have many children, as many as we can get. So, um, we were, uh, we were just thrilled that, um, that I got pregnant so quickly. Um, but uh, uh, I will say that prior to getting pregnant, uh, as much as I've always wanted children, I always had a really negative mindset surrounding pregnancy and like my journey to finding out that I wanted to go the natural birth route is it's like, is its own story in and of itself. Um, but I just kind of, I was always very scared and always heard, grew up with the women around me telling negative birth stories and, oh, you know, kids are great, but pregnancy is going to be so miserable for you and you just get through your birth and get through your labor. And that was kind of what I didn't realize I was carrying until I, I got pregnant and then started telling uh, our family members that I was expecting and so excited. And then I said, I think I need to, I think I need to reevaluate kind of where my head is surrounding Mm -hmm. birth, because I don't think that this is going to be a great way to spend the next 10 months and, Mm -hmm. you know, future children down the road. So uh, I actually had a very good friend who several months prior to me um, getting pregnant had uh, had her own natural birth Mm. and went with midwives and uh, had her had her own beautiful natural birth and was so excited to share her story with me after after her son was born. And I thought, well, maybe this is like a path that I should explore. And uh, again, all of this was all during COVID. I knew I had to switch doctors because of kind of who I was with and and what was happening during COVID. And the OB that I tried to see couldn't get me into their office three or four times. And I said, you know what, that's it. I'm, I'm going, I'm going to try and find a midwife group. And this is, this is the path for me now. So (laughs) so you got inspired by your friend who had a natural birth and due to not getting into the OB, you ended up going, okay, let's do the midwifery route. It just seemed like the, all of these stars were kind of aligning. And I yeah. said, you know, this is the path that that's meant for me. So I really spent a lot of time then during my pregnancy, trying to change my mindset around birth and not be so scared, but try to own it and be empowered by it. And, um, your podcast was very helpful. I loved listening to it all throughout my pregnancy. I'd fall asleep listening to birth stories, drive listening to birth stories. And, uh, truly it was such an inspiration. So it was a great, tool to have so that's um, beautiful that's why I do them that's lovely to hear so so that's great so you did how did you did you feel like listening to the birth stories um then shifted your mindset was that all you kind of needed to just hear over and over again how women's bodies are designed to birth and how birth can be such an amazing experience 
That was, that was a huge part of it, listening to the birth stories um, constantly. I did a hypnobirthing class and really got into all of those sorts of um, affirmations and reading. And I read a lot of books. I read the active birth book and um, I was just, I, I really dove into it head, head first. And my midwifery group was excellent as well. They were also supportive mm-hmm. all throughout my pregnancy and it just made me feel very comfortable and uh, they spent a lot of time talking to me and uh, getting to know me and what I wanted and um, answered any kind of question, took as long as I wanted to talk at every uh, prenatal appointment, even again, all throughout COVID. So, Yes, <laughs> that's the beauty of midwives and midwifery led groups that are private or independent. It's, yeah, it's much more that kind of real um personal care and and taking time to really get to know each other and create that beautiful relationship where you feel safe absolutely yeah beautiful all right well let's dive on in yeah let's (laughs) of course dive on into your birth story now so uh Mm -hmm. tell us about the early signs of labor approaching for you did you have any early signs i i did i did um i what i looking back uh, once, once my son was here, uh, I had realized a couple of days before that there were some signs. I think, um, I started to feel, I had had Braxton Hicks kind of all throughout the third trimester, but I had started to feel this kind of like almost period cramping in my abdominal area a couple of days before he actually, um, came. So, uh, his, his guest date was March 15th. So that was when I was, was 40 weeks, Um, and then a couple of days after that was when I started to feel like, Ooh, um, I think that could be something I, I, but Mm -hmm. as a first time mom, I was like, ah, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's wishful thinking. Maybe, uh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm just hyping this up in my head. So I was starting to get kind of like a low grade cramping in my abdomen and it would go away. And I said, ah, you know, it's nothing much to it. And then, um, I was about 40 weeks and four days. So two days before he was actually born where I woke up at about, it was a Friday morning, about 6am and had a really strong sensation in like, in my, like in my vaginal area. And I was like, Oh, that felt very different. That felt really, that might've been a little baby contraction. I don't know. And then I started to get really excited. Like, Oh, maybe, maybe it is that definitely felt strong. That definitely. So I started getting out of bed, I ran to the grocery store one last time to try to make sure like, okay, the house is all ready. Um, and, uh, in my grocery shopping, I, I kind of had to stop the, stop the shopping cart a couple of times. I said, okay, just catching my breath, but okay, this is starting to feel like something. So, um, a couple hours after that is when I told my husband, I think, I think I'm starting to feel a little something. So, okay, well, we'll keep an eye on it. And as the whole day progressed, I kind of just laid on the couch because I know that you can, I've heard from so many birth stories that you can start to do too many things and then completely wear yourself out. So I said, I'm not going to do that. We'll just sit and watch some movies. Um, we've got plenty of food in the house. I just went grocery shopping and then, you know, the, the baby's coming soon, but uh, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So Friday came and went and those, those, I, I guess, little mini contractions were, were pretty in, uh, insignificant. And then Saturday, the same sort of thing happened, but they were a little bit stronger in the same area. And I, I was like, Oh, this is so low. This has got to be like the baby's moving down. This has got to be it. 
And as the day was progressing on Saturday, uh, they started to get closer together. And I think it was around two o'clock in the afternoon when I finally said to my husband, I think I'm in labor. And he's like, yeah, I think you've been in labor. (laughs) And I said, oh, okay, well, um, this hasn't been so bad in between these little contractions. I, I got myself a snack. I took a shower. I'm feeling good. And, uh, I had texted my one friend who had had her natural birth. I said, I think this is happening. And she said, Oh my goodness. I, um, I want to see you have a contraction. So we, (laughs) so we, which was just, I mean, it was just so funny. So I put her on FaceTime and she watched me have this contraction. And in between was like, wow, you're having a better time than I did. Cause I had a hard time in between my contractions. And I was like, Oh, well, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what this is. Um, so they were starting to get closer together and we were calling the midwives and, um, they were listening to me have a contraction over the phone and, uh, they said, okay, it doesn't sound like it's quite time yet. And the spacing was starting to get more sporadic as we were getting into Saturday evening. Um, and then I was, um, I was saying like, oh, it's, it's, it was like six minutes. Now it's 15 minutes. Now it's, it was 27 minutes. So then we, we called the midwives again. They said, okay, maybe you've, you've stalled a little bit. I would try and get some sleep. So now it's, it's close to nine, 10 PM on Saturday. And I was actually pretty discouraged at that point because I was like, oh, this has been almost two days of this. Like this is happening. It's not happening. These, these little mini contractions, these surges are happening, but I don't feel like I've progressed. Like, I don't, I don't, I haven't, um, gotten any further along if they're spacing out. So what if he waits another week? Mm. Actually, I didn't, I didn't know. We didn't know what we were having, but, um, uh, so we went to, we went to sleep and I was kind of, uh, feeling really discouraged, like drifting off to sleep, like, oh man, this is, this could be a whole week of this. And I, I just, I just want the baby here. I'm, I'm ready. And, uh, so as we were moving into Sunday, Monday morning, I was supposed to go for an ultrasound and like a non-stress test to see what was happening because I would have been 41 weeks and uh, then they would have had to have talked about induction and things like that, which would have uh, put me out of the birth center that I was uh, delivering in because it was, it wasn't a freestanding birth center is actually connected to the hospital Mm. that I was born in, uh, which had a great NICU and a really great L and D in case there were an emergency. And I think that's how we felt safest, my husband and I, like I wanted the natural birth, but also being close by in case Mm. something, you know, we, we needed medical attention. Um, but I didn't want to, to, uh, go up to L and D. I I wanted to stay in the birth center. So I said, I don't, I don't want to be induced. I'm I'm starting to feel this pressure now. And that's how Mm. I went to bed, uh, before, before the big day. (laughs) Yeah. My (laughs) pre-labor. Yeah. Well, it's Um, quite common, you know, that that can happen. It's the first time on my specialty that you have a couple of days of that early, 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 like pre-labor kind of thing mm -hmm. where it can be pretty intense for a while and then it can just fizzle out and you can have a contraction every 20 minutes and, and that keeps Mm -hmm. you kind of awake and keeps you kind of, you know, something's going on, but it's not establishing. And uh, yeah, you did the right thing though. You were very good at actually pacing yourself and relaxing. I love that. That's brilliant. I was, I was trying to, I was trying to use those tools. So um, thank you. (laughs) Um, So, so I want to say then, so we went to bed around 11 and then at about four in the morning, I was jolted awake. And 
that, so this is now the third morning where I've <laughs> woken up with this, but I said, oh, that is very different. Like I, I, I can't, uh, distract myself through this. Like this is, um, that's very different what just happened. So because it was so early, I kind of snuck out of bed. I wanted, um, my husband to be able to sleep a little bit more cause I didn't know what to expect. And, um, I'm actually in the room that I'm in now. I started kind of trying to pace and walk. And, um, what was happening was that as they were getting more intense, I was, I was feeling my, my body was telling me that I needed to get down. So mm-hmm. I would kind of put my, put my head down on a chair or a table nearby and just kind of rest through the contraction that I was having, like the surge as it was happening. And, um, my friend wanted to FaceTime again to see how I was doing. Cause she had said, where's the baby? I, said, I don't know. Not here yet. And, um, that that's when I started to in between the surges, not to, not to feel very well at all. I started to get nauseous and she, she had said, you're doing great. This looks a little bit more like what I experienced when in between, I really couldn't concentrate on anything else. Mm. Um, so at about eight in the morning, I said, uh, maybe I'll try and put something in my stomach to see if it's some energy. And I tried to make myself, um, some oatmeal, like kind of through the contractions that it was happening. And I, immediately got sick from it. Like I started to get really, really nauseous and I I couldn't keep any food down. So my husband was up by this point and, um, I, I had more and more hard time moving. I just wanted to connect with the baby. I just wanted to hold my, my tummy and keep my eyes closed and have my head down and be down on the couch. So I got into kind of like a child's pose on the couch with my, with my hips up and just kept my head down for several hours as though, mm. as they started to progress more and more. Mm. Um, I tried to eat a few more times and vomited a few more times. Um, so it, it started to get more and more difficult to, um, to do anything else in between. It was really starting to take a lot of my, um, my energy, but the, my breath was really helpful. And, um, Again, I didn't know what to expect, but I found that sound was really helpful for me. I did a lot of moaning and kind of uh, crying out to help me get through Mm -hmm. the contractions. Mm -hmm. And as my husband was timing them, this is when almost time started to warp for me a little bit. I I would finish having the the surge and I would say, oh oh gosh, that must have only been like 20 seconds or so. And he was like, that Mm -hmm. was 90 seconds. And I was like, oh, okay. So... Um, you know, they were starting to get billed more and more. And I did, I wasn't even really realizing as things were happening around me and it was just the two of us in our, our home too. So it was, Mm. I thought that that was really, um, really helpful in helping me kind of move through them, move through the surges. It was just the two of us. And I didn't feel, I felt really safe. I felt like I was, we were in our little nest or in our little cocoon. It was like a beautiful day. And, um, it was just the two of us. And he was so helpful in getting me through all of those surges as they were happening. It was beautiful. Um, and I, I feel, I still feel like that really helped me open up so quickly. Mm. Um, So we called the midwives again, uh, probably around two in the afternoon. So from about 4am to two, I really didn't move very much at all Mm. on, on the couch. Um, probably got up to, to pee a couple of times, but, um, 
really nothing was staying in my stomach. So I didn't, I never really, I was, I kept expecting that urge to like have to have to go to the bathroom or, or poo. And it, that never really happened at all. I just kept vomiting. <laughs> so nothing really stayed down. Mm. Um, but at about, yeah, about 2 PM, almost three or so, uh, they, we called the midwives again and, uh, my surge was so strong that before I had even finished the midwife said, yeah, you can go ahead and, and put her in the car. We can, uh, you can bring her into the, um, the birth center now. So I, I was so vocal and so expressive with what I was going through that, uh, they said, okay, it's, um, it's time, it's time to come in. <laughs> yes. Excuse me. Um, so, uh, and the other thing, I, I'm not sure how it is in even other parts of the U S or I don't, I'm, to this day, I'm not sure if it was the the birth center specifically, the hospital or even, or New Jersey thing, but I was not able to be admitted into the birth center until I was, um, six centimeters. I had to be six centimeters before they would, they would admit me. Mm. So there was, there was a little fear there that uh, we only live about 12 minutes away from the hospital or from the birth center. But I was afraid that we'd get in the car, drive all the way there. I'd be four or five centimeters mm. and then have to go all the way back. And I know how leaving can kind of, you know, it can close you up. And I didn't want to um, lose all this hard work because I knew it had been all this hard work that I had been doing over the course of all these hours. And I was just like, I, I just, I hope and pray that I'm dilated enough that we don't have to get back in this car because I don't know what's going to happen. Mm. Um, so, so walking to the car was very difficult again, because I just, um, I wanted to be down. So I, I, we pulled, we reclined the car seat back as far as it would go. And I just had my eyes closed. And I remember looking up at the sky at one point and it was it, March. So it was chilly here generally in March, like uh, early, early spring, but we had this beautiful 65 degree day. And I, I asked my husband, I was like, how, 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 how warm is it outside? He said, Oh, it's like in the mid 60 degrees Fahrenheit. And, uh, I said, Oh, it's just, it's such a beautiful day. What a beautiful day to be born. And I started, mm -hmm. I started getting a little, uh, emotional while we were driving, but it was just something to, to be able to look up and see the sun while I was feeling those, those surges in the car was, mm -hmm. was a beautiful like way to feel connected to everything that was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, so we got to the birth center and it was lovely because, because it was a Sunday, there were no uh, regular appointments or anything going on in the birth center. It was quiet. The lights were off. We were the only ones there. Uh, so they were expecting us and, um, walking from the car into the, the door of the birth center, there was like a, a bench in the waiting area. And as I was walking in the door, I think I caused another contraction to happen. Uh, so I had to throw myself down very quickly, like onto the, onto the bench. Uh, like they were, they were waiting for me to come in, but I was like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I had to throw myself, <laughs> throw myself down. So the midwife was kind of holding my hand through that one and said like, okay, well, we'll wait for you to finish, but then we're going to, we're going to try and get you checked in. Let's see how you're doing. Um, so I shuffled back through the, through the main doors and got into the, um, the exam room and this, um, I like to joke that they, they heard me up in up three floors up in labor and delivery that, um, the, the, uh, she had to do an exam in order to admit me. And I asked, I said, can I please be on all fours to do this? Like, I don't want to be on my back, please. And she said, the only way I can do this is 
is on your back. And I was like, I, I just, I, I can't be on my back. She said, you, you, well, I'll do this as quick as I can, but you have to be. And, um, so I just, I, I got out of my clothes and laid down on my back. And when she did the exam, I, I screamed so loud. I swear that they could hear me up like, like three floors up. My husband said he could hear me out in the lobby while they were checking him in. Like it, it, it was the most painful, painful part by far of my entire labor. And that's the only thing I would say was true pain. Everything else was the surges were powerful and strong, but this was, it was so different to have to be examined like that. Um, but I was seven centimeters. So, um, I had done all that work and got all the way to transition, which I did feel very good about, but I was very emotional and and crying a lot after Mm. that was over. And they said, okay, are you crying from the pain? Are you crying from the, uh, emotion of all of it? Mm. I was like, this is, it's just a lot. I'm just feeling a lot of things right now. So, so they let me kind of cry that out after, um, well, it's a real, it's a like, you know, it's a real intimate thing. And, you know, in some traditions, it's believed that our cervix is connected to our heart, right? As women. Mm-hmm. And so it is like, you know, maybe some women can relate if they've ever had a pap smear or going to the gynecologist or whatever. It's such a delicate thing. It's such a vulnerable thing. And, you know, some women do say that they feel very emotional, teary, and their heart is kind of, you know, um, sensitized almost by maybe having a pap smear or a vaginal examination of some sort and you know this is the place you went to this was their policy to have to check before admitting and I mean essentially ultimately you can always decline things saying that however um some places that's really tricky and really hard it might not have been an option for you even though you should have that right um and I mean midwives should really um, be skilled enough to just observe you and if you were seven centimeters most of the time especially what you're just explaining a midwife could see that Mm. should be able to see that she should be skilled enough to see that through other ways than actually having to put her fingers in and say oh you're seven centimeters but unfortunately especially when we go into hospital system or sometimes it's connected like it was with your birth center Mm. it is a bit more like this it's a bit more medicalized in a sense and Do you want a natural birth, mama? Then a natural birth course might be for you. Do you see birth as a rite of passage and an important and transformational event that you'd like to feel fully empowered in meeting? Are you, like many other women, realizing that it is time to take back your power as a birthing woman in the birth space and birth your baby your way? Would you like to feel calm and confident as you birth your baby with all the tools you need in order to meet the labor sensations naturally and be ready, body, mind and soul? Do you deeply down know that your body was made to birth your baby and that you have all the inherent power and inner wisdom to do so? Are you looking for holistic midwifery wisdom and guidance to assist you and give you all the evidence-based information you need 
in order to feel fully sovereign in your decision making around your pregnancy and upcoming birth. Then the natural birth course is for you. Find out more at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. understand why you could feel that in your theory and yeah gosh you know also having had been pre-labor for so long and then being you know done this amazing amazing labor at home it sounds so amazing how you handle it. it sounds so beautiful and amazing and then coming in and obviously you know bright lights and someone sticking in their fingers mm. up and that's really invasive so I really understand that you felt teary in that moment yeah yeah and um it was yeah it was it was a lot to get through in that moment. And like you said, I think it had been building. It had been several days of, of wondering what's happening. And then finally now really being in this more established labor and, and being tired. And, um, they also put the, the baby's heart monitor on my belly as they were doing the exam too. So there was such, there was a relief mixed in there as well. of like, Oh, the baby's doing okay. And I could hear this beautiful galloping, heartbeat and, and, you know, the baby's doing okay. And I'm okay. And we're seven centimeters. I'm going to get to meet this baby finally. And uh, so there was, yeah, there was a lot mixed into all of it, mm. but um, yeah, if, a, if next baby, I'm going to maybe really make it more of a point to say, uh, could I, can we do this exam another way? <laughs> um, but I had indicated on my birth plan that I wanted to labor in water if it was possible. Um, it, it's not, legal here yet to have birthed in the water. So I didn't even really explore the possibility of having a water birth. Although I think that that would be a nice option if that's something that changes for me for future babies. Mm. But, um, I, I did want to labor in the water because I, I've always been one to, I, I always love swimming and being in a bath helps me relax. So I just always envisioned that my labor would progress nicely in water and it would feel good to be in water. So once the exam was finished, they said, okay, the tub is all ready for you to get in. And, uh, the room, the room is all set. So they had the lights off completely in the room and the sunlight was coming in, but it was still low lighting and dark. And they put, um, some essential oils in there, so diffusing some lavender and getting into the tub all of a sudden it could feel like, ah, like, even though I'm at seven centimeters, I felt this this sense of relief kind of mm. wash over me to be in the, in the water. And it was so beautiful. Um, so, and my, my, um, my water still hadn't broken at this point. So I was, I was in the water and it, that another nice thing about this, this birth center was that, um, it was just my husband and I in the room, there was a, uh, there was a nurse technician who was in there, but even the midwife was elsewhere, uh, actually up in the hospital delivering another baby. So we had this great, this great private space and, um, my husband was holding my hand through all of my, all of my surges and kind of rubbing my back and he was outside the tub, but, um, it was just nice to kind of have that, just that space with me and him and the nurse really let us do our thing. And she, we were chit chatting a little bit cause I did finally feel so relaxed. I, I felt like revitalized all of a sudden like wow I can I can do this this baby's coming but I can do this and she helped me um really control my breath better through the through the surges as they were happening because they were becoming strong and she said I don't want you to yell out as much I want you to try and 
like take that tension out of your shoulders and just kind of start directing that down, feel the baby. And that was a really helpful visualization as I was experiencing the, the surges. Um, so I, I, in my bag that I brought to the hospital or to the birth center, I keep saying hospital, in a bag that I brought to the birth center, um, I had read in a couple of different mommy blogs that, um, like honey helps helped through labor because it was something that was energy giving you some energy, but not necessarily taking up a lot of room in your stomach because of the nausea was really not helping me, but my mouth started to feel really hot. So I asked for, um, some like Gatorade, like some, something cold and some of the honey to try and help give me a little bit more of an energy boost. And I got a couple of sips into the Gatorade and had some, some of the honey. And on my next contraction, um, I vomited and my water broke. (laughs) So I was in the tub and I could just feel this expulsion, like both ends of just like, Oh my goodness. This just like powerful, powerful, like my whole body just got completely taken over. So I don't know if it was because of the Gatorade or what happened, but I was vomiting at the same time. And then, um, uh, the nurse said, what, what do you think just happened? I said, well, either I just peed or my water broke. And she said, well, look around in the tub. And, and I said, oh, okay. Yeah. It was like all my whole mucus plug and everything was all out in the tub. So, um, that had been about an hour of being in the tub and, and then that had happened. So, um, when that happened, things started to move even more quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, the nurse had said that the midwife uh, wanted me to try to get out of the tub because it was probably going to be time to push soon. Um, so walking from the tub back to the bed, I had another really, really tough contraction and, uh, managed to get onto all fours on the bed. And I remember thinking like, I, this is, I, I, I've reached the point where I cannot do this anymore. I, I, I had such a powerful surge. And then I asked the nurse, I said, am I going to die? I, I asked, am I going to die? And she actually kind of chuckled a little bit and was like, I think you're, I think you're closer than you think to meeting your baby because I really just was, I was not discouraged, but I just was feeling like I was so exhausted and I was being pulled in half and, uh, that this baby was just not going to come out, that this was just not going to come out. But then I remember thinking, okay, if I'm asking that, maybe I am in transition. Like maybe I am close to, I've listened to enough birth stories to know that this actually probably is really close to pushing. Um, so I was still being very vocal and using a lot of sound and it was getting harder to relax my shoulders through the contractions. And, uh, she asked me, she said, are you ready to push now? Or are you just still like, is, is sound just how you're kind of expressing these contractions? I said, I think I've heard that I'll know if I'm going to push and I don't feel like anything is different yet. She said, okay, that's fine. So just keep using your sound. And, um, uh, on the next contraction after that is when at the end of it, I said, Oh, okay. At, like I started to push involuntarily. <laughs> so it's just so funny how like all these things right when I thought I couldn't take it anymore, every single time, like the next thing happened. Um, so, uh, once I started pushing kind of involuntarily, um, that's when the, the midwife had, had come back in. And, um, at this point I was, I was still wearing a robe and they had put kind of a, a pad on me to see how the baby was doing. Cause the only thing that 
uh, we opted to do was to have the heart rate monitor pressed up against my belly intermittently. So while I was in the tub, she kept checking the baby's heart rate. And that was really like, I wasn't hooked up to a monitor. They just kept touching me with the little microphone to see how the baby's heart rate was doing. Mm. And there was a point where they, as I was starting to push that there was uh, meconium in the, in the pad that they had seen come out. So they said, okay, well, we have to try to keep a, keep an eye on this. And while the heart rate monitor was on there, and this is, I didn't find this out until after, but the baby's heart rate was starting to dip to go down as I was having the the contraction. And, um, excuse me, what it wound up being was that the cord was actually clumped up and pressed up against the baby's throat. It wasn't wrapped around his neck or anything, but, uh, that was what was kind Mm. of causing that, that distress. But I think I was far enough along that they weren't so concerned about the meconium that, um, that he was in, he was in true, true distress. Mm. So as I was starting to push and I was on, on all fours, um, I had heard them say, we're going to need NICU for delivery. And all I could hear at this point was like my husband's voice. My eyes were closed. My head was down and I was just going through these, these pushes each time. And they said, we're going to need NICU for delivery. And I remember thinking, oh good, maybe I'll have a C-section now. (laughs) Like maybe this will be over and they'll just take him out of me because I can't take this anymore. Um, I'm just so, I'm like, I, I can't do this. And I, and on the next push, I said, I can't do this. I can't do this. Like, he's not going to come out. I can't do this. And they were like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. So the heart rate kept being more and more of a concern. Mm. And, uh, they actually had me lie on my side and the, the midwife was holding my one foot and I was holding underneath my, my, like, uh, my knee. And they were, they were telling me to stop calling out and try to really send that energy down, like really put like you have to use this to push the baby out. And I couldn't figure out how to do it for about Mm. five or six pushes. Um, but they were making me kind of speed up the pushing just a little bit because they were concerned about his heart rate that I was, um, I, I was, I was having to kind of push faster then I think my body was actually ready to do so. I was so, 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 so exhausted. But then they, then my, my husband said like, there's, there's the head, like he's, he's almost here. Um, so they said, okay, on this next push, just kind of like really hold your breath. So you don't crawl out, call, call out and really direct it down. And it took about three of those pushes and, and his head was out. And there were, I just remember this bright light, and all these people in the room. Um, but I, I just, I was like, okay, like his head's out. He's, he's there. He's okay. Let's get him out. And then one more push. And then his whole body was delivered. And, um, like I said, we didn't know what we were having. So my husband got to say it was a boy. Um, and they put him on my chest right away, but he, uh, he, he had fluid in his lungs because he was, um, he was a little distressed when he came out. So they had to take him off of my chest very quickly and kind of suction the fluid out, but then very quickly returned him to, uh, to my chest. So I was crying and just so happy to have him in my arms, but, um, he, he came out <laughs> there like it was impossible, but it happened. 
<laughs> I was it a passenger in my own body. Yeah. 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 And it seems like because of all the stories you'd heard and, and learned about the stages kind of thing, you kind of could pick up on yourself and go, oh, this might be transition time. Uh, that's it's such a good thing to be able mm-hmm. to have that reflection when you are there can help you get through and going, oh, I'm probably really close now. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, when it comes to the meconium and, uh, as you said, the baby's heart rate dropping through the pushing stage, there can be many reasons. First of all, you just broke in your waters, you know, mm-hmm. and there was not much room in there and your baby's getting squeezed and your baby was term. Baby was, you know, well cooked, right? And so sometimes mm-hmm. a baby will just have a little bit of a, um, poo because their bowels are full they're ready right Mm. sometimes a baby comes out I've had babies come out and they poo all the way up to the mama's belly like there's (gasps) this black (laughs) black poo all the way like you know some babies will will on the way of being born empty their bowels a little bit Mm. that could be one reason it can be distress but also with the heart dropping as well can be called compression during pushing there's no cushioning anymore from the bag of waters we don't know exactly where the cord is and so that can be the reasons for as it sounded like that was the reason that the cord is kind of jammed a little bit around the neck or not around but next to the neck and kind of got compressed because there was just not much room when you're Mm. birthing and it's important to remember that especially if a baby has been fine the whole way through the whole labor Mm. just that in the end they can handle that. They're meant to, you know, they have the reserves for that. And they uh, have a cocktail of their hormones inside to cope with that kind of stress as well. Babies are really designed to survive. Mm. They really are. And if they are a healthy baby, healthy pregnancy, it's been fine throughout the labor. If there's a little bit in the end, um, they can cope with that most of the time. And the reason probably that they said they had to have NICU there for delivery for your birth um, is in case of, right? They're just standing by. And that's what happened, right? They were just standing by, yeah. weren't they? They didn't do anything. You got your baby no. on your chest. was a bit grunty maybe or something. It was a bit of fluid. And the practice in your birth center was to suction. And that, then you got your baby back. Yeah. On your yeah. chest. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. And he latched right away and he's been a healthy eater ever since. So, um that was, it made me feel very confident that like, oh, this, this strong little guy was, was, he was ready. And he, he did it his way coming the way he wanted to. So yeah, I was so happy. Like it. And, and, you know, it sounds like he was super alert and, and happy and healthy coming out. And that little dip in his heart rate was nothing that Bikoni was nothing. And that he just um, was ready to latch and ready to breastfeed. And that's really great signs of a baby being super super healthy yeah 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 Yeah, it was beautiful it was really really beautiful it was so emotional and it was everything really that I had had hoped it it would be and there were um there were moments where I didn't feel like I could do it like it just felt physically impossible like how is this how is this baby gonna get out um but but I'm so glad that um I'm just so glad that I decided to do it this way and that um I learned to trust my body and that um I could kind of educate myself and believe that I was capable of doing it because I think my whole life prior to getting pregnant I really just didn't I just thought okay well 
I put it in the doctor's hands. I'll take the drugs. I'll wake up and have a baby in my arms, you know, and it's, that's all that has to be. Mm. And it was just so much more beautiful than that. Beautiful. And so when your baby was on your chest breastfeeding, did you have your placenta? Did you decide to do anything special with your Mm. third stage? Um, I, so it, it actually became a little bit fuzzy for me after the baby was, was born. And I did ask to, um, I had asked prior to the baby coming to, to see my placenta once the baby was born. Um, I don't remember this, but my husband said that the midwife was kind of tugging, uh, because I think that I, I did have some bleeding. So they were a little concerned cause I did tear, uh, but it was, it was only first degree. They said that I wouldn't have, if I wasn't having to push so fast, Yeah, if like I had kind of just been able to do it the way my body wanted it to mm. naturally, I wouldn't have torn, but I think because of that, there was a good amount of blood. So she did kind of, um, tug a little bit at the, the cord. And, um, I just remember one push and the placenta kind of sliding out (laughs) (laughs) and, um, and they did, they did show it to me. And I just, um, I just thought, Oh my goodness, what a beautiful thing. Um, but, uh, no, we, we didn't do any, um, any taking it home or, or, uh, cord banking or anything like that, Mm. but it was, it was beautiful to be able to see. And it was so much, bigger than I thought it was going to be. It was, I was so surprised at how big it was. Mm. So it's amazing that your body creates such a thing. Hey, just an an organ that's only there for a short time, but that is why like the first trimester, you're so incredibly tired and a lot Mm. of women have a lot of symptoms because you're, you're creating not just this baby, but this whole new organ. And for some women, that is a really mm. big organ. For some, it's smaller. They're also different. Some cords are really long and thick. Some are really, you know, short. And you know, every woman creates different um, mm. cords and placentas, and obviously babies as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, beautiful. Wow. Well, thank mm. you so much for sharing your birth story. Now, if you had a first-time mama in front of you right now, who's about to have her first baby. What advice or pearls of wisdom would you give to her? Um, I would say that mindset is everything. And if you believe that you can do it, you can do it. Um, Up until I got pregnant, I believed I would not be able to do it. Mm. And I think if I had continued on that mindset, I would not have been able to do it. So changing my mindset and overcoming the, the emotional aspect and the psychological aspect of giving birth and giving birth naturally was the bigger hurdle, I think, than the physical labor itself. I think it was 90% mental, at least for me, mm. and then the physical part was substantially less. So I would say do everything you can to frame birth in a positive way. I know that so many mamas have come on here and said, stop listening to negative birth stories. Don't let people tell you negative things. Um, don't read negative things. Don't watch (laughs) negative, um, uh, portrayals of that, that, you know, Hollywood screaming mom, you know, begging for drugs to get this baby out. Um, it's just so much more beautiful than that. And it, it doesn't have to be 
so scary. Um, so putting your mind first, the body will follow. Mm. Thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing that wisdom. I totally agree. And thank you for telling your story. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, then please share it. Grade it on iTunes and leave a comment. If you want to connect on social media, you can find me on Facebook as The Spiritual Midwife or on Instagram as The underscore Spiritual underscore Midwife. Thank you for listening.